The Institute of Directors professional development programmes equip learners with the knowledge, skills and mindset to be enterprising and innovative, enabling organisations to become more productive and competitive. The IOD's programmes ensure directors develop an awareness of their interpersonal skills, legal and business knowledge, financial acumen, ethical questioning, decision-making abilities and the highest standards of professional conduct. The IOD is the only institute in the world to offer internationally recognised qualifications designed by directors for directors under Royal Charter. For more information on IOD training, visit iod.com today. Hi, and welcome to the Institute of Directors Scotland Business Podcast, a podcast where we interview directors from all over Scotland about their careers and business. I'm your host, Marlene Lowe, UK Director for Forbytes and long-term IOD member. This week, we're talking to Helen Potter from Potter Innovation and Eureka Europe. She's made it her mission to demystify and debunk innovation and teaches people how to innovate believing that everyone can learn how to be innovative. We would love to hear your thoughts on what innovation means to you, and more specifically, what the word innovation means to you. So get in touch with us on social media and let us know your thoughts. I guess if I go back to my education uh, in the in the 1980s, it's relevant. I think that I have a technical background, uh, mm. but I I chose to study something unusual called color chemistry, which is a wonderful fusion, I think, of art and science. Maybe more science than art, but I'd always been fascinated by color and why people perceive what they what what they see and how to make things different different colors. So I really just followed a passion without any particular clue as to what I wanted to do for a living. Excellent. And then, uh, <laughs> then after that, after I finished my degree in colour chemistry, I joined the packaging industry. I knew I didn't want to be in a laboratory kind of testing things and, and in that kind of routine. I knew I wanted to work with people. So I joined the packaging industry. Um, I think I was the first graduate recruit for this particular organisation down in Berkshire and um, very quickly had to learn a few management skills, find out what quality management was, find out what statistical process control was, get on printing presses with people that didn't want to do things differently. And, <laughs> um, it's, it's the whole kind of female in a man's world with whilst being completely oblivious to that because, you know, I'd been brought up to think and learn and understand that, hey, I can do anything that a man can do. And I was literally oblivious to the prejudice that was going on. I just thought people were being awkward. So really kind of honed, I suppose now I can say I honed my communication skills and my selling techniques because I didn't really, as a graduate trainee, very little authority and yet had to have an impact and encourage people to follow uh, new things like total quality management and, and continuous improvement, hygiene regulations and all these kinds of things that were coming in. So a, a, a swift immersion into 
that whole side of life on a factory floor. And fortunately for me, my career in the packaging industry went from strength to strength. And I, I had about six different roles in three different plants, kind of making my way up through things. I picked wow. up a, a postgrad in marketing along the way. So I was fortunate, really. I did technical management for a while, but I also did product and marketing management and customer services. So we came, had, had that kind of high, hybrid set of skills. And along the way through that journey, I ended up in Scotland working for a plant in Glasgow. Um, mm -hmm. I was responsible for the alcoholic drinks strategy, so selling packaging into the Scotch whisky business, um, and really enjoyed working with the industry. So as time went on and I was ready for a change, I put my CV out there to all, all of the kind of key accounts, and eventually Edrington um, offered me a role. So I moved from the packaging industry into the Scotch whisky industry, proud employee of the Edrington Group based at uh, Drumchapel. Yeah. And there I, I left um, sales and marketing behind for a while. They actually recruited me to be um, uh, basically head up packaging development. So I was essentially a, pro a product, sorry, a project manager. So a conduit between marketing and um, operations. And then I had um, a stroke of luck in that there was a big restructuring in the organisation. They created a new role, innovation manager for the famous Grouse. And I somehow blagged my way into that with my combination of technical and marketing and yada yada. I obviously managed to make a good account of myself um, heading up packaging development. So in I went. And um, after the euphoria died down, I thought, oh, how do you innovate? <laughs> what is this job? You know, no one's done it before. And um, that was really the big turning point for me. I'd always work close to new product development, mm. um, but really thinking deeply about what is innovation, what's it going to mean for this organization and how am I going to do it? And long story short, my search for a bit of outside help took me to the United States to yeah. a place called Eureka Ranch, just outside Cincinnati. <laughs> and I met a man called Doug Hall and there I suppose my I really liked his approach because he was always hey innovation is more than just the big idea the idea mm -hmm. is two percent five percent of the effort innovation only happens when that idea has had impact and how do you and, and how to get from idea to impact is what I love yeah and I firmly believe that innovators are not born they're made you learn okay. it. And I think the biggest um, tragedy at the moment with our education system is that nobody's teaching people how to go about innovating. Yeah. But, um, the penny hadn't, that penny hadn't dropped back then. All I needed was a bit of support to be able to do my job better and help others innovate in an organization that hadn't really put innovation front and center before. So I was very fortunate. I got to work with Doug Hall. He became a mentor. I did various training courses with him outside um, of the UK and gradually honed my skills and learned a system for innovation that ultimately I became more passionate about than Scotch whiskey, if that's, if that's yeah. possible. <laughs> um, so having learned how to innovate from one of the world's best, when the opportunity for redundancy came around, when that shock died down, I realized what I wanted to do. It was a kind of natural segue for me. I was going to leave, mm -hmm. leave the whiskey world behind and start sharing what I'd learned and teaching people how to go about innovating in a way that's proven, in a way that's data-driven, in a way that marries science with art, demystifies yeah. innovation and enables people to have an imp impact to do the cool stuff they want to do. Yeah. 
So I want to take you back to a comment you made of um, being lucky. Mm-hmm. Do you think luck has to do with it or is it your natural drive that, that kind of had you going in those directions and learning more? Um, that's a really good question, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? I, I believe you have to do what you love and you have to follow um, your passion. I'm, I'm the kind of person that will draw up a pros and cons list and yeah. do whatever the hell I want anyway <laughs> and try and use the rational mind to kind of just justify it I think yeah. yeah following following passion and following instincts a big part of it um you have to you have to be brave enough to make your own luck and accept when things go wrong or when things don't go as expected think well what could be good about this how yeah. can I turn this negative into a positive and sometimes that's um, beyond hard. It can be immeasurably difficult. Um, mm. but, if, but I am an irrepressible optimist and I will always seek to find what could be good about this. <laughs> what did I learn um, in any given situation and move forward that way? And I don't know, maybe, maybe that helps. Yeah, well, I suppose it all comes down to having a very proactive mental state and and just being a proactive person so when you see a little chance of an opportunity taking that chance and really going for it instead of waiting for the chance to come to you Mm -hmm. yes yeah proactive optimism um a bit of bravery and still I, i still think and you know even in innovation and i teach the science behind innovation Sometimes the magic dust is just a little bit of luck with your timing, with somebody that you've met, with recognizing and seizing an opportunity. It's there around us. So you mentioned innovation can be taught, Mm -hmm. but surely there's elements of a personality or or style that's required for, for innovation to really flourish with someone. I think if, if people are naturally drawn to the, to, to things that are new and if they have a particular mindset they may well take to it more rapidly if, if that's yeah. they're comfortable in that space but I've worked with so many people in so many organizations over the last five or six years where people are, are sat on their hands and they're convinced they're not creative or that they have no contribution to make to an innovation process mm-hmm. and been able to show them that they're wrong um, yeah. so whilst there can be a natural aptitude um, and, and, a, and people find a particular joy in, in, in new and different. Anybody can become more creative. Anybody can work smarter. Anybody can use these tools and techniques to be more innovative, um, you know, in their life and in their work. So for, with anything that's difficult, anything that's new, taking those first steps is usually the hardest. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to people that are sitting here listening, going, I want to be an innovator. I want to be within innovation. I want to be part of that sphere. What's one of those first steps that they can take? I think it depends where their biggest problem is. Yes. I would ask them, why do you want to innovate? What is it that you want to achieve? And um, I suppose necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it? You know, what, 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 (laughs) what is it that they need? What's the problem that they want to solve? Yeah. It, it could be that they want to focus on a new and bold strategy. It could be that they need an idea for a new product. They might just want to work smarter through the whole um, product management system. They might want to fix fix a, a business process. So an innovative mindset can be applied anywhere. 
And my advice would always be the place to start if you're stuck is to do some research, get some inspiration and to talk mm. to others. So we call that stimulus and diversity. The more stimulus you have and the more you collaborate with, with uh, different thinkers and different people, the more ideas you're going to have. And it's up to you where you direct that. You know, you could be directing that burst of creativity in any of the areas that I mentioned beforehand. But if you want yeah. to get started, it doesn't happen sitting on your backside by yourself. You need to get lots of stimulus, research what's happening elsewhere in the world and talk to others. Fill your head yeah. with food for thought and then you'll start having ideas. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so where can you pinpoint a moment where innovation became your passion or do you think it's something that you had all the time that you've always, you've always been drawn to innovation? Um, no, I haven't always been drawn to innovation. I was one of the people that didn't think I was creative. You know, bearing in mind, I've kind of had quite a technical background. My mom had a love of numbers and instilled that in me. Um, and I, was, I wasn't drawn to art and all of that wonderful stuff as, as I might be now. So yeah. I had a little voice inside my head saying that, oh, well, you're not creative, which is, which is, of course, nonsense, because we're, as kids, we're all creative and we're all keen learners and we all pick up a pen or Lego or Meccano and we can all make stuff and we're quite happy to learn and create at an incredible rate as kids and yeah. anyway somehow that got knocked out of me along the way that navigating uh, my education so I think the moment for me was um, I overheard a conversation actually when I was at work and it was they were talking about me in my role as innovation manager and I overheard somebody saying oh she's so creative and I thought oh, am I <laughs> <laughs> I was I was the one that was faking it till I make it you know I was just I was following a system I, I had learned you know just what just what I said to you that really great ideas come from stimulus and diversity yeah and I was required to um, facilitate creative brainstorming sessions and I learned how to do that through Doug yeah. Hall's system. And I had people go away and do some research. I brought together a diverse bunch of people. We played that stimulus back and we had various games and systems to, to get ideas out of people. And they loved mm. it because they were discovering that they too could have ideas. And they saw yeah. me as, as a creative making this happen. I wasn't at all. I was just using a system. And I think the power in that for me because I was learning how to do this thing called innovation. I'm, you know, I'm living proof that anyone can learn how to innovate. That, was, that for me was when I got a passion for it because yeah. what can you do when you've got these skills? You know, that's your choice. Where are you going to put them? So just looking at your lovely LinkedIn profile, um, we've talked about Potter Innovation before and I want to come back to that, but you've also got from this year a founding partner with Eureka Europe. Yeah. Do we start there and then move into Potter Innovation or do they kind of intermingle a bit? Oh, well, starting with Eureka Europe, because that's, that's the new news. And, yeah. Um, and it's really exciting for us because we're, we've expanded as a result. We're, what was Potter Innovation has formed um, a limited liability partnership with somebody mm -hmm. else in the innovation space, Philip Oliver, who has um, a consultancy called SmartWorks. So yeah. SmartWorks and Potter Innovation have come together to form Eureka Europe. So Phil brings with him a particular skill set that dovetails really well with myself and Dougie. So we can go further faster with our, with our shared mm -hmm. passion, teaching people how to innovate. And um, we met Phil by chance, going back to that luck. Yeah. <laughs> 
is it chance or, or not? But it was actually at an Institute of Directors event that um, Phil and I met. <laughs> so I was doing a uh, lunch and learn uh, in Edinburgh, the mm -hmm. IOD, had a nice room full of interested parties and Phil was one of them. And after, yeah. after I presented my subject, which is innovation engineering, um, I was there to raise awareness of what it is, what it can do. Um, Phil basically came straight over and said, I'm in. <laughs> this is the missing piece. <laughs> He's a very passionate man as well, isn't he? It's, it's very engaging when he starts talking about his passions. It's fantastic to hear. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, kindred spirits. So we started talking straight away. And he saw mm. the power of the system. He couldn't believe its kind of pedigree and the research that had gone into developing it and proving it. And it, for him, yeah. having um, headed up innovation in different businesses as well, he was astonished, I suppose, that he hadn't come across it. But moreover, if only I'd had this when I was in that role, <laughs> people should know yeah. this stuff. So he'd, he had that same kind of moment. Now, this is, this is the way to enable people to innovate. Here's a proven system. Let's get out there and, and figure out how to get it to market and who's willing to learn. Yeah. So tell me about going from Edrington mm -hmm. to Potter Innovation and making that leap for yourself. Yeah, that was a, a, a pivotal year, certainly. I think um, they, I don't want to underplay what a shock redundancy was really because it yeah. was, I don't really want to gloss over it because it's an interview about um, what journey the journey, yeah. the journey. <laughs> and the big learn through the whole redundancy piece for me is maybe unhealth it's unhealthy just how much our identity is tied up in, in what we do that's um, true yeah. I, you know that was that was the learn for me and I, I don't know if I would change it in some ways because I was all in people used to say if, if you chopped off Helen's arm it, you, it would say the famous grouse through it I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just develop products you know I was many times on the road um, it, almost in a brand ambassadorial role speaking on behalf of the brand um, and developing products with such a passion as you know in order to articulate what they would do for the brand taking it forward how they could potentially bring in new consumers so I wasn't just you know um, holding the occasional create session and working with a master blender I really felt on the road dedicated to growing the brand the famous grouse and also you know um, generating enthusiasm for that amongst our distribution community uh, distri distributor community Mm. And I was just on the path of this is what we're doing. We're growing the brand. We're expanding the portfolio. This is what I do. Very, I was very happy. Um, uh, some of the best teamwork that I've enjoyed and some of the best people that I've worked for while I was there as well. So to hear of, uh, to, to, to experience a shift in strategy, which of course Edrington are entitled to do. Yeah, <laughs> and say, hey, it's all about the Macallan now. We're going to build a distillery. The money's going there. We're going to move to. We're going to move to Glasgow. You know, that when when it was all about the rest, the rest of the of the brands in the Edrington portfolio, and not about the famous grouse anymore. This kind of this this shift, such that there wouldn't be investment, there wouldn't be a need for an innovation manager. It was deeply shocking, yeah. and uh, it was kind of the rug pulled from underneath feet if you like and mm -hmm. and as I said the big learn was how much of your identity is tied up in what you do for a living and yet that living can just suddenly be taken away that role can suddenly just be taken yeah. away um, and hadn't, hadn't seen that coming um, 
I mentioned earlier that I am um, incredibly optimistic and proactive. So, yeah. whilst, you know, whilst I was processing all of that, um, whilst I'm quite introverted, when I'm processing stuff like that, I'm talking to others about it, you know, and I'm getting <laughs> other people's perspectives. Well, it's getting that stimulus you mentioned before. <laughs> Completely. And I got a nice ego boost because um, the headhunting started quite quickly. And that I, I suppose that was quite a nice balance. The same with rugs being pulled away from this side, headhunting going on the other side. At least that kind of massages the ego a little bit. You're not complete. You're not you're not completely useless but as, I went, but as I went through that process um with another large drinks organization getting ever closer I actually felt quite anxious and I realized I didn't want to work for anybody ever again oh okay I'd, re I'd reached a stage where I didn't want to start at ground zero in a new organization that wasn't that wasn't the challenge that I wanted I want and yeah and I was also uh at a stage in life where I wanted to put something back um, mm -hmm. and and then, and obviously the pivotal moment was talking it all through with my mentor and founder of the Innovation Institute, Doug Hall. Yeah. Um, by stroke of good timing or luck, again, we had already <laughs> planned to visit Doug that summer. So whilst I was going through the redundancy, we, were, we had a, a little break in his holiday home in Prince Edward yeah. Island um, in Canada. So he and I had the chance to speak face to face and really talk about it. And he said, well, for me, this is all great news, Helen, because I want somebody to work hard to bring innovation engineering to Europe. You know, it's not mm -hmm. easy. You'll have to set up your own business. I'm not saying it's an easy path. Um, if, you're, if you want to do that, if you're prepared to do that, well, we'll give you a license to, to teach innovation engineering on the other side yeah. of the Atlantic. And um, I, couldn't, I couldn't have done it if my husband hadn't gone all in because... Mm. I love to do the thing. I love to teach innovation engineering. I was less jazzed at the thought of VAT returns and <laughs> I do not blame you there. <laughs> and everything else. But as it happened, my husband Dougie was full-time carer for our daughter at that time and he probably wouldn't admit it, but was maybe ready for a new challenge. So so to take on board the the mission okay we're going to have a business we'll, we'll set up potter innovation you're going to teach innovation engineering and i'll enable you to do that that was kind of the way yeah. the way we went forward and um so that shared endeavor got off the blocks really quickly my redundancy um formal paperwork came through i think it was the 17th of july and the paperwork came back from company's house for potter innovation on the 11th of august so we did very we didn't quick. mess yeah. about and in the process of doing that, um, my husband and business partner got fascinated by innovation engineering as well. He'd heard me bang on about it. Yeah. And when he really engaged with it, he, he developed a similar enthusiasm for education. Um, mm. And he's been over since to um, Eureka Ranch and he's a trainee black belt as well. So he's now also yeah. involved in, in delivery of the training too. Do you think it would have succeeded without you going completely 100% all in? Um, no, I can't imagine any other way of doing it. And we, yeah. we are unusual in the network in that as a business, we are 100% focused on educating people yeah. in innovation engineering. Other businesses are like, are like established consultancies that have come across it and added that to kind of a portfolio of support that they, they give to clients. Yeah. Um, for me, um, my, my mission is to... Pr 
demystify, debunk, prove that anyone can do this and that we should all be learning how to do this. It's an absolute key skill for the 21st century. And what is it exactly about innovation that makes you feel so passionate or teaching innovation rather? I think it's the need to stop this belief that you need to hire somebody in to have ideas for you. We don't need a guru. We've all, we've all got it in us. And it's also suboptimal because that guru is not going to get it out the door for you. <laughs> you, know, you, have to, you I really believe that it's the people closest to the work and closest to the customer that can come up with the best ideas. And so the route to successful and sustainable innovation is educating the willing within your business to do that and providing the right framework and the right culture for, for it to operate. Um, and then with that in place, I think it's transformational for organizations. So speaking about culture, what type of culture does foster innovation or rather what, what should businesses be thinking about in changing a culture if it needs to change to help facilitate that? Well, I do believe it, it starts with, the leader if a culture of innovation is really going to take hold right across the organization of course people can be innovative within their sphere of influence and put these skills to use to work smarter but for the for the culture to embed then just start with the leader and um, to innovate successfully an organization needs to um, prioritize the area in which they're going to innovate and there's no point doing something that's peripheral um, of, of no particular substance of the business strategically so step one to provide a strong foundation for any innovation effort is to figure out what's important maybe it's urgent as well what's the most important mission for innovation so there's a focus for it mm. um, with a very clear strategy very clear mission for innovation then of course people need to be enabled to come up with ideas experiment and and commercialize those ideas and the way to get started is to work with the willing. And it, a degree of humility is required as well because you're asking people to do something that you've never done before, that they've never done before, that the organization has never done before. So you need a culture of learning. You know, I talked before about gathering stimulus. You've got to be yeah. able to say, well, I don't know it all. Let's go and learn. Let's go and find out information. And then a culture of collaboration. As I said before, we need diversity of thinking to, to breed good creativity. So who are you going to collaborate with? And most significant of all, we need to drive out fear because fear yeah. shuts down the creative pr- process. Fear of looking stupid, fear of getting fired, fear of doing the wrong thing. So it's easy to say it. It's harder to do it. And all, <laughs> most of the systems kind of downstream of uh the very kind of first part of the innovation engineering system it's all about addressing that fear and putting in place uh, a culture of experimentation mm-hmm. how do you get rid of fear we generally were frightened of the unknown so you make the unknown known how do you do that you run experiments so the whole fail fast fail cheap culture needs to be built in and that takes a few systems and a few procedures a bit of education to enable people to do that effectively so that when it gets to the decision to develop something, you've eliminated the risk early on before any you know, yeah. significant budget's been spent. So that's kind of the basis. So a culture of learning, a culture of collaboration, and a culture of experimentation breeds a culture of innovation. Yeah. And 
I don't know about you, but what I found since moving here is that that culture around innovation seems quite systemic throughout Scotland itself. Is that something that you found as well? Um, yes, up, up to a point. There is that the Scots love to see themselves as innovators because of our rich history of inventing. Um, yeah. I've never done the piece of work, but it'd be interesting to know how many of the Scots actually achieved that in Scotland. Because <laughs> quite often it's Scots that left, left the country. And one of, yeah. one of the um, unfortunate things that's kind of built into the Celtic culture, I think, is if you, if you come up with a big idea, um, oh, really? How's that going to work then? There's a bit of kind of... <laughs> A bit of cynicism and knocking off the pedestal. Not, great, let's get started. <laughs> You're so right, we should do that. There's a kind of an instinctive cynicism of, well, no, I don't know about, you know, a negative energy rather than positive energy, should we say, around that kind of ideation process. And that makes people quite reticent of putting forward ideas that, that could, yeah. be, could be really good. And it also yeah. actually hinders our marketing communication some of the time. You might have invented the best thing ever the world's only the world's first but you're probably going to say initially um this is it this is what it is and this is what it does you might be interested <laughs> we're, we're not maybe you want to try it a little bit yeah <laughs> quite apologetic for it so yeah so there's that there's that to overcome i think up here and we also have a, a, a really complex ecosystem. And many would say it's really rich because there's lots of places you can go to for support in, in the kind of entrepreneurial ecosystem of Scotland. And there's so much work, good stuff going on there. But it's also mm. frighteningly complex for, for you know, a, a country of our size. Um, yeah. A handful of big conurbations. <laughs> so I think um, there's always, always scope for improvement. Yeah. So you mentioned, and you, you've probably already said this, but I, I want to ask it um, in a different light. So you mentioned earlier that innovation comes from solving problems. Mm -hmm. So what does Potter Innovation do specifically to solve problems? Mm, that's a really great question. One thing that we've learned along the way is that, is that there's hardly anybody waking up thinking, if only had a, I had a complete system for innovation that enabled everybody in my business to innovate, that would be the answer to my problems. So once we've got that, that really isn't a, you know, an evident problem that we're out there to solve. Mm. So, so if we, we um, break down this toolkit that we have and if somebody is stuck because they need help with their business strategy we've got innovation tools that can help with that if somebody needs a lot of ideas quickly we can help with that if somebody's really struggling to communicate what makes them unique we can help with that if somebody yeah. needs to get more agile in their project management you know we can help with that so we can speak to specific problems anywhere in that innovation system and hey just along the way you might just discover as a result of working with us that you can you know we can widen your ability reduce your risk overall and increase speed to market by, by engaging with the rest of the system so as you've broken it down to really good bite-sized chunks that people can understand mm -hmm. Um, not not that people don't understand innovation, but it is quite a big topic to try and tackle all at once. 
So you, you've broken them down into smaller chunks for them to get like a taster almost as well. Yeah. Or knowing where a problem is and fixing that and then finding how that connects to all the other problems within the organization. Exactly. And that's something we're still working on um, to, to make it make that clearer so that people can better understand how we can help. Um, yeah. It, it came about largely as a result of um, creating workshops so whilst we can, the, the curriculum that we teach when we do our flagship training um, course, which is the equivalent of a graduate certificate in the US, that teaches the fundamentals right across the innovation engineering system. But of course, we, we don't just rock up and, and do that at the drop of a hat. There's a need to kind of drive awareness. So, so we, we naturally broke that curriculum down into hopefully that engaging workshops where people learn some practical tools in, in, in one area. And that means yeah. that we have kind of chunked it down in, in a way that it can be a work shop or it could be an intervention in an organization to help with that particular skill set. So tell us a bit about the clientele that you generally help so that anyone listening can have their ears perked and go actually that that's one thing that I do need help with. So what, what type of clients do you generally help and can help? Well we've done a lot of work with SMEs um, since we set up in business and I think it's that's that's the result of the landscape despite having a background in corporate life and, and working on innovation in large organizations there are so many SMEs that are seeking help from places like Business Gateway or the Institute of Directors that, that that's where we've gravitated towards yeah. so um, but so an SME uh, a small or medium enterprise might access our workshops through Business Gateway or through organize, organizations like Elevator Mm-hmm. as well and the other thing we do for specific um, um, organizations is potentially take hold their hands and take them through what we would call a project wave so that starts with the strategic piece what's your mission for innovation now let me show you how you can have ideas to address that mission now let's talk about how we're going to communicate that and how we're going to commercialize it so kind of step-by-step yeah. um, project wave so they kind of learn by doing through one whole um, project cycle yeah throughout your career have you noticed attitudes changing towards innovation i think it would be when i started people didn't use the word innovation very much so i worked in new product development um, and people weren't throwing innovation out as a word and then um, i suppose post google amazon etc innovation then became associated with that kind of rapid the rapid growth that the digital world brought and then as i think you alluded to earlier it now carries quite a lot of baggage as a word so so one person's perception of innovation could very well be different to the next person so it 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 can be depressing to sit down with the management team and the first the first meeting is so what does innovation mean to us you know (laughs) everybody even has to get on the same page with what it means is kind of one of the drawbacks of 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 the word and how it's perceived so i think it's um it it is now perhaps less clear what innovation means because so many people associate it with just technology or implementing kind of high tech or digital strategy so what other words could be better to use well i'd really like to ask everybody else that because that's obviously (laughs) (laughs) actually that's a good point (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean we were potter innovation and when we set up the limited liability partnership we um 
well, we're blessed to be able to use the Eureka brand from the United States, but Eureka yeah. Europe um, has a bit more energy and um, speaks to having the, having an idea and, and making yeah, it happen. Yeah, you can even see the light bulb going off as soon as you hear the word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, what's a better word? Well, somebody I respect very much over in Ireland, when they set up an innovation program, they decided to call it the Challenge Program. Um, so grow your business through the challenge program which is um, maybe even less clear than innovation but certainly worked in that it drove intrigue yeah they talked about you know we're talking about business growth here um, so it's kind of maybe a bit more workmanlike innovation perhaps sounds a bit frightening uh, difficult to get hold of maybe not sustainable um, even though the very business system we teach is a business operating system that builds innovation in and makes it reliable and repeatable, the word itself doesn't speak to that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's really interesting. Okay, so anyone listening, I'd love to hear their thoughts if they tag us on social media yeah. and say, this is what innovation means to me. That would be really interesting to find it out. It would. Yes. Yeah. What do you recommend to Scottish businesses going forward or businesses coming into Scotland going forward? For what? When it comes to growth and, and kind of moving from, this, from where we are now and towards that more innovative mindset. And is there anything in addition to what you've already said that you would recommend Scottish businesses look at? Well, I think Scotland as a whole needs a really um, strong business engine. Mm -hmm. um, commercially sound and in growth and touching on all the key areas that uh, we know are, are important around climate emergency, um, renewals, playing to the strengths and the assets that Scotland has across its, uh, across its landscape. So I think businesses do well to understand what the priority areas are for investment up here and then figure out how they're going to engage with that opportunity. But I, I, will, I just passionately believe that um, repeatable, sustainable innovation <laughs> is the way forward and we need a system for that. And the, I suppose what I'm trying to say is whilst there's a lot, there's a lot of positive innovation happened as a result of the crisis that we're in, as a result of the pandemic and the need to innovate, but how much of that is a, a kind of a forced, um, slightly effective or effective enough collaboration, how much of that can actually mm. carry forward and benefit us all? And it, yeah. having, having a reliable system around innovation that's going to make the difference and I would love people to have faith that there is one and to engage with it and, and get on with putting that in place. Is there anything that I've missed out on that you would like to share? Oh, gosh. Um, no, I love, I love your call for a bit of feedback in social media because, as I said, we practice what we preach. We are con continuously aiming to improve our communication so that we're relevant to people that that, that could benefit from our stuff so mm. any feedback on what innovation means to people what they'd like to know how they'd like to learn it um we're, we're, we're all up for I mean, i suppose the one thing that i haven't mentioned is that the thing the one thing that enabled us to pivot so quickly from in person to 100 percent online delivery 
is an asset of um, an online learning management system. So this is developed out of Eureka Ranch in the United States. And mm -hmm. it's um, online portal, it's just got um, hundreds of tools within it that um, support the innovation effort, as well as all our learning resources and a project management system. So it's huge. <laughs> it's huge and in the right in the, in the right hands once there's a familiarity with what's there and how to use it, it, it it's a game changer having that digital asset with us means that we can kind of deliver it deliver interactive learning at scale so so how can people get their hands on that um just contact me or you <laughs> <laughs> i'll be linking to all of your social media in the show notes your linkedin profile website all of that so it'll be nice and easy for anyone listening to yeah get a hold of you excellent yeah you can the i mean you can take it you can take a look at it on online at jumpstartyourbrain.com so jumpstartyourbrain.com is where there is what learning management systems called and you can kind of take a look at yeah. everything that's available there too